Rusty Quill presents. Hey guys, quick plugs. I've been streaming about once a week at twitch.tv slash woebegonepod. On Sunday evenings, I've been writing the soundtrack to that week's episode, and after that, playing GeoGuessr or The Logical Journey of the Zumbinis. So give me a follow over there if that sounds like something that you want to see. On the Patreon at patreon.com slash woe underscore begone, I just released a remake of episode 44, You Turn Into Me, Remember That, aka the Michael Introduction episode, for $5 and up patrons. In addition to featuring an improved Michael voice, all of the voice acting is new, some of the sound effects are updated, and the dialogue has been punched up. Also on the Patreon are early ad-free access to episodes, instrumentals, soundtrack albums, Q&As, director's commentaries, and more. That's patreon.com slash woe underscore begone. Special thanks to my 10 newest patrons. Ollie, Mystic Arcanum, The Happy Zoologist, Regan, Varian, Ben, Wyke Malters, Amy Bill, Doyon An, and Mom Jokes for supporting the show. Enjoy. I was hoping that we had moved past Mysterious and Online at this point. Honestly, isn't that sort of played out? Haven't we gone on to bigger and better things like bears and Latvian cowboys? Wobegon started so long ago. I was so young, so full of life and energy. Barely 30 years old, basically a child. I'm baby. And no, I'm not entirely sure how long it's been since then, but that is neither here nor there. My point being that a solid chunk of my life was already defined by this. First by discovering Wobegon from some briefly available internet post, then by getting drawn into completing the challenges, and then, when the challenges ended, I moved to over, and that part of my life got left behind. Except when it didn't, and I had to help my younger self complete the fourth challenge, or when I got captured by the Flinchites and I had to play Wobegon in their compound, or if pressed I could probably give, I don't know, a dozen examples of how I was never truly free. But the formation of base was supposed to change all of that. It was an outlet dedicated to researching this technology, with friends that I made along the way that I trusted, and with their help and protection I thought that we could scare away the specter of Wobegon from our pursuits once and for all. Which is why I found it especially perturbing that someone was threatening to drag me back into that world. An anonymous messenger by the handle of Mustard Seed. I didn't care that someone was posting guides on how to complete the Wobegon challenges. That was between them and the game runner, presumably Ty Betteridge. Wobegon could continue in whatever form that it pleased, as long as that form never had anything to do with me. Perhaps I should have cared more, since more people involved in Wobegon means the formation of even more factions like ours, the Hunters, the Ands, the Arbiters, the Flinchites, over, who knows how many other already existing groups. What I did care about was that this new person posting these guides was not satisfied with merely addressing the broader internet in quick bursts. No. Mustard Seed was also concerned with the affairs, past, present, and future, of the members of the base. Everyone was receiving messages from Mustard Seed. The Anns, Edgar, Charlie, Marissa, Chance, Shadow, even the Hunters. Whoever they were, they were resourceful enough to know who to contact and then how to contact them. Mustard Seed had been in contact with everyone inside of the base, as well as those tangentially related to base. Everyone except, notably, anyone with the name Mike Walters. I had never received a single message from Mustard Seed, nor had Latvia Mike, nor Michael. 
this lack of contact made it appear to many as though I were the one sending the messages. The reasoning being that if I were Mustard Seed, then I wouldn't send messages to myself because I would be in on it. Solid reasoning, but that would be too sloppy, right? I'm better than that. I... I am better than that, aren't I? If I were Mustard Seed, I would do this entirely differently. I would send all sorts of messages to myself, and then I would be exactly the third person to come forward regarding receiving the messages. Middle of the pack, not raising any eyebrows. And they would be juicy messages, good stuff. They would reveal true things to the group that I didn't want known. It would be a full-on limited hangout planned down to the smallest interaction. And when confronted about it, I'd have a way better response than, I don't know, shrug. I guess he just like, isn't messaging me or whatever. Give me a break. Conniving is one of my strong suits. I truthfully had no idea who Mustard Seed was. This wasn't for a lack of trying on my own. I knew the sorts of places where posts about Wobegon would appear and disappear like ghosts. Generally surface web stuff, no deep web mystique. Real, proper posts meant to be seen before disappearing abruptly. In my free time, I had been trying to catch Mustard Seed in the act to no avail. I considered two possible options for why the posts never remained up for longer than a few minutes. One was that Mustard Seed was taking them down in order to limit their reach or to protect themselves. The other was that this activity was not allowed, and someone, for instance the Game Runners, were using the technology to take them down. The Game Runners would have to know who Mustard Seed was, and that, combined with the ability to manipulate time, would make it possible for them to gain access to the account and take the posts down. A type of time travel phishing, if you will. Let's call it tishing. No, let's not, I already hate that. The posts were going down as fast as they were going up, either as part of Mustard Seed's plan or an extensive tishing attack. There was its second chance, it failed, we're not using tishing. Finding the post that started me on my Wobegon journey was a fluke in itself. I had yet to find one of these Mustard Seed posts in the wild. Despite my airtight explanation of why I couldn't be Mustard Seed, people at base were beginning to get standoffish with me. Chance, Shadow, Charlie, and Marissa were all choosing their words carefully when they spoke to me. I had to be the one to initiate conversation. This was especially odd when talking to Marissa, who previously always had something to say. None of them would talk about whether they were still receiving messages or what those messages said. I tried not to pressure them into telling me, but any sufficiently long conversation would come back around to Mustard Seed and then they would deflect. Sometimes when we were at base together I caught them staring at me, studying me. At least I think I saw them do that. My mind could have been playing tricks on me. More upsettingly than those four not talking, Edgar wouldn't tell me what Mustard Seed had sent him. Little goody two-shoes Edgar. He had given a copy of what he was sent to Anne, but hadn't shown anyone else. He told me that he knew that Mustard Seed wasn't me, that he would be able to tell. I looked him in the eyes, and it felt like he was telling the truth. He told me that he was worried that compiling the different messages would result in information being propagated in a way that we didn't understand, but that that propagation might be what Mustard Seed wanted all along. A reasonable explanation for not showing me or anyone else. But I caught Edgar looking at me the same way that the others had. Or I thought I did. Surely I didn't. Surely he was treating me just as lovingly as he always had. Surely it was just the confusion and the frustration of this whole mustard seed situation that was driving me into a nervous breakdown. 
And maybe that's what Mustard Seed wanted to happen. Which leads me to Anne. The Anne's. I was in my interview about the Elder Hunter murder when she brought up Mustard Seed. The messages had only just begun to appear at that point. I asked her if I could have a copy of everything that had been collected on him, and she initially said yes. Then, another Anne came in and whisked her away, claiming that there was an emergency. When she returned, her answer regarding whether or not I could have that information changed. Suddenly, I was not allowed to see the messages. I knew what had happened. A correction had been issued. In an iteration that had happened to the other Anne, she had shown me the messages and then something happened that someone didn't want to. But who didn't want it to happen and who issued the correction? Was it Base? Or the Anne's? Or both? Or even someone else, like the Hunters? The barrier between myself and Mustard Seed was transforming into a barrier between myself and everyone. I understood the precaution, but that didn't keep me from feeling alienated, as though I didn't belong where I lived. No one was offering help. If I wanted to discover what was going on, I was going to have to dig for it myself. So I went digging. This is Wobegon. In my Elder Hunter interview, Anne told me that the Hunters were getting messages from Mustard Seed as well, which had irked them and led them to suspect that Mustard Seed was my secret attempt to re-establish connections with them. This was absurd. I missed my friend, Innocent Hunter, sure, but other than that I was glad to never have to hear from the rest of them ever again. Their paranoia that I might try to contact them was wholly misplaced. I would certainly never communicate with them in a way that would so easily provoke them. I hoped that Chance would relay that Base had been getting messages too, not just the Hunters, though with the new protocols about how Mustard Seed messages were to be treated, I wasn't sure that this was the case. But knowing that the Hunters had received messages from Mustard Seed got the gears turning. Everyone involved had received a message from Mustard Seed. Everyone. Was it truly everyone that was connected to this? Through me? The Hunters having received messages indicated that it wasn't limited just to the current iteration of the base, an iteration where the Hunters were not part of the base. This made me wonder just how wide this field of recipients was, and if Anne had actually found all of them. Matt picked up the phone on the first ring. I was in my bedroom at the base, with the door locked, the closest thing that I had to privacy. Knew you were gonna call, Matt said. Oh really? I asked. Is it because I'm wearing the Pikachu boxers that you loaned me? Are we psychically linked through the boxers? Hold on. Matt, what color am I thinking of? Uh, yellow, probably, Matt said, because you were thinking of the Pikachu boxers. Yellow was the correct answer, I replied. I had clearly underestimated Matt's power. 
And because you called to talk about mustard seed, he continued. Okay, yeah, but are mustard seeds actually yellow? I think they're like brown or something, I said. That doesn't matter, Matt said. I got the message yesterday morning. I knew you'd call. How did you know that I was going to call exactly? I asked. Because if I were you, I would be desperate to get to the bottom of this, Matt replied. Did Anne call you? I asked. Anne? No. Anne? Matt asked. Why would Anne ask me about this? Everyone has been getting messages from Mustard Seed, I replied. Anyone involved with any of this in any way? Even you, even though you aren't here? Did you get a message from Mustard Seed? He asked. Yeah, I did. I lied. Oh, Matt said. I could hear the incredulity in his tone. If you did, what did it say? It was about one of the challenges, I said. Not one of the ones involving you. I don't know how much Mike and Michael told you when they were there. They only told me about my stuff, which was more than enough, Matt said. If Mustard Seed really did send you a message, then it was a much different message than mine. Then tell me what the message said, I replied. Matt hesitated. I let seconds pass without him answering. Are you still there? I asked. I could hear him breathing, so I knew that he was still there, but I needed something to say to break the silence. Yeah, I'm... He trailed off. I'm deciding if I want to show you. Matt, things are getting strange out here, I said. I need to know what's going on. Mike, there are some things in this world that you don't need to witness, Matt said. I didn't need to witness this. You don't either. You're... you're scaring me, I said. I hope I am. It's scary. It's... He was silent again for a moment. It's... it's sent. Check your messages. I checked my text messages. Sure enough, there was a new one from Matt. I opened it. It was a sound file. I am so much more done with this shit than that spy wonder dog at the end of the table. I spent weeks having my body ripped to shreds and gotta fuck you for my efforts. My cane didn't even teleport with me, so I have to hobble around like an old man, but I swear to god I would beat you to death with it if it meant that I could just get through with this already. I quit because my life was completely destroyed by this shit. All I have left for you, Matt, is contempt for standing in my way, for kickstarting this whole ordeal and then blocking the threshold right when the challenge gets the hardest. I have to stand here beside myself because the past version of me was too much of a low life to bow gracefully and not enough of a low life to do a decent job of killing you. You're my white whale, Matt. You have already destroyed me. You've hobbled me. The only solace I can hope for is that I can reduce you in the same way that you reduced me. Don't make me come back here. This is the third time that I've been here to fix this shit because it didn't shake out like it was supposed to the other two times. They won't tell me what happened, but I'm guessing that either chicken shit here couldn't bring himself to do it, or you couldn't bring yourself to slide the gun across the table. Either way, cut that shit out. It's gonna happen, no matter what any of us want. We're all dolls being posed by gods. Let them play with you and get their rocks off, for God's sake. Give up on wanting to be a real boy. That wasn't ever an option. It was... a recording from the night that I completed the fourth challenge when I had to try to get the sequence of events perfectly aligned with what the younger iteration of me had experienced when he completed the challenge. When he killed Matt. A set of realities that only I knew the contents of. I stood there, in my bedroom, one hand on my head and the other on the phone, 
listening to the recording. When it finished, we were both silent. I waited for Matt to say something. The other mics told me about that night, Matt said, so I knew what it was when I heard it. I had made peace after talking to them, but hearing it is a completely different beast. I don't know how to process this, Mike. That was the worst night of my life, I said. I wasn't sure if that was true. It would definitely be in consideration. I went through a lot of trouble to make sure that it retroactively never happened. Any of it. I know, Matt said. And you have to understand that that doesn't uncomplicate things. I understand, I said. Matt, <laughs> that was the most twisted inside out that I've ever been. I, st I started playing Wobegon because I needed you back. <laughs> I couldn't finish the sentence. I know, Mike. The other Mikes explained it to me, Matt said. I know. And I know that this isn't the world that we live in. That, Matt, isn't me. That didn't happen to me. That recording feels like a dream. Why did you answer your phone? Why do you want to talk to me after you heard that? I asked. Because you needed to know that I know, Matt said. I laid down on the bed, phone still pressed to my ear. I was no longer capable of standing. My knees felt wobbly. My head was spinning. I didn't have the good decency to die before it came to that, I said. Look, Mike, I don't forgive you, because in order to forgive you, I would have to be capable of understanding this as something that happened to me, and I don't, he said. I've talked to the other Mikes about this. They clearly carry a lot of guilt about what happened, and you obviously do too. And what I heard disturbs me. I've barely dipped my toes in this and it disturbs me. Urine over your head. Mike, when I hear this recording, what I hear is you drowning. I couldn't bring myself to reply through the brain fog, through the loudness and the brightness of the memories that were rushing to the surface. I needed to let you know that I know, Matt said, even if I don't know what that means yet. I still didn't respond. 21 times. Matt had only heard snippets. There were 21 tries until it went like it was supposed to. He hadn't even heard the worst ones, and he hadn't even heard the successful attempt. I haven't had a chance to talk to you since when you got taken from here, Matt said. I talked to the other two mics, but not you. We really need to talk sometime, in person. You can get to Vancouver pretty easily, right? Yeah, I managed to blurt out. I'm sorry. Don't apologize until I can understand, Matt said. All right, when I see you in person then, I said. Okay, I'll leave you to process. I'm still in the middle of processing. Hey, call me tomorrow, okay? Matt said. Okay, I'll call you tomorrow, I said. All right, Mike, and we'll make some sense of this, he said. I'll talk to you then. Don't be too hard on yourself. Bye, Mike. Bye, Matt, I said. I heard the call disconnect. I laid on the bed in silence. It took a couple of hours of lying on the bed thinking about my phone call with Matt before I could will myself upright again. The conversation had given me a lot to chew on. 
Matt's admission about what he had been sent, as painful as it was, was a good start towards understanding why everyone had become so standoffish. Were all of the messages about how I had hurt them? That wouldn't be too hard for Mustard Seed to orchestrate, assuming that they had access to the right resources, and it very much appeared that they did. After all, there was a time not that long ago that everyone at base was killed because of my actions. Just because that had been corrected didn't mean that it never happened. There was a whole reality, just as real to me as the one that I was currently inhabiting, where I was responsible. And that reality was only one of a myriad of things that could be used to drive a wedge between myself and everyone I loved. I was reminded of the phone calls that I had with Matt when I initially completed the first challenge. After the bliss of learning that he was alive, I had come to learn that something he had experienced had soured his opinion of me. I wrote it off as the byproduct of the series of events that had come to him being still alive, but I had always had cause to wonder. Could someone have been sending him messages like Mustard Seed had? Could it have been Mustard Seed themselves sending the message? Of course, that would require access to the technology. There was a faint possibility that Mustard Seed had come across this information some other way. But come on, it really looks like they have the ability to send and receive messages in time periods where they are not currently residing. Of course, there would be no way to prove that Matt had received such a message after the first challenge. I had reversed that particular reality when I used the security program inside of Over to quote, give the game back to Ryan, though who knows what I was actually doing at this point. Those messages would now be from a time that never happened, a reality that I am the sole archivist of. Maybe that was unlikely, maybe that was a poor fit, that those were unconnected data points. The answer was likely simpler. Maybe I was right in what I had concluded before the appearance of Mustard Seed, that Matt's wariness had more to do with his material conditions than it did with the meddling from some other point in time but I had decided to focus on that because it was trivial. There was a much larger closet skeleton to interrogate, one in a closet much closer to home. If Edgar had received a message with information meant to turn him against me, there was a chance that he had learned about the one thing that I promised myself to always keep from him. Something that even Michael kept from him, even though they were married. A reality so dark that I was determined never to expose him to it. Pitch black, like the bottom of the ocean. And if he knew about it, if he had been looking me in the eye, been lying next to me, been held by me, knowing and not giving any indication, that was too much to bear. So I focused my considerations elsewhere. I spent the next few days checking the internet for signs of mustard seed in every way that I could. Someone more proficient than me could have set up a bot to periodically check for keywords across different websites, but I was sitting there manually refreshing dozens of potential websites that mustard seed might use to get their message across. I focused on social media sites since they were public posts that were meant to be noticed, but I also set up a Google alert in case something popped up elsewhere. Reddit was the go-to, since you can sort the whole website by new and see every single new post across the whole website, which isn't something that is common on social media. I did all of this in secret and in my spare time, because I didn't want Base to know that I was trying to get to the bottom of this myself. 
As frustrated as his refusal to disclose made me, Edgar had a point about how Mustard Seed might be trying to get us to compile this information into one complete set that could then propagate through our knowledge of it. Like an Exodia the Forbidden One of time travel. I was potentially doing the worst thing possible seeking Mustard Seed out, but I felt increasingly cornered into doing so. I needed to see what everyone else was seeing. As far as day-to-day -day base operations, everything came and went as though the Mustard Seed stuff wasn't happening in the background. We had group meetings, made plans, and completed assignments. There were preparations made for field work, though they were still in the planning stages. As the resident fieldwork expert, I knew this would mean cooperation between me and a partner at base. My partner for this job remained undecided. No one was volunteering to work with me, and Edgar was busy on another task the day that that mission was scheduled. During this time, Michael's interview appointment came and went without any hiccups. It had been postponed for a week for unknown reasons. In Michael's brief time at base, I found him and asked him if he knew anything about what was going on. He shook his head no, going uncharacteristically out of his way not to speak. This interaction rattled me more than I had expected it to. Michael was supposed to have three wisdoms. The wisdom of a grizzled old cowboy, the wisdom of a Mike Walters from ten years in the future, and the wisdom of someone who had experienced many different realities. If his wisdoms offered nothing, then I didn't see what chance I stood of figuring anything out. Six days into my covert research, I hit paydirt. I clicked on a post made by an account with the word Mustard Seed in the name, one of hundreds of different leads that, at that point, had not yielded any results, which almost caused me to absentmindedly exit the tab as quickly as I had opened it, having become so accustomed to finding something labeled, quote, Mustard Seed, that was spam or completely unrelated. It didn't help that what I had found wasn't a guide to Wobegon, and didn't make any explicit references to Wobegon, the base, or to time travel. Superficially, it looked like emoji spam from a bot. The post was two seconds old when I found it. It read simply, Phone emoji, left emoji, pig emoji, pig emoji, trophy emoji. Phone, left, pig, pig, prize. Or trophy, technically, but the intention reads the same. Phone, left, pig, pig, prize. First challenge, phone call. Second challenge, left arm. Third challenge, one pig, then another. Fourth challenge, prize. Phone, left, pig, pig, prize. Phone, left, pig, pig, prize. Wobegon. I immediately went to Mustard Seed's profile and sent him a message. Hey, I wrote. What? What would you have written? I didn't know what to say, so I just said, hey, time was of the essence, I had to fire off a message fast. I didn't know how long I had. I started typing, what do you know, and then erased that and started writing, what have you been telling everyone, when I saw that Mustard Seed had already replied nearly immediately to my hey with hand emoji, hand emoji. Two hands, the bonus challenge, the one that no one else that I had spoken to had been assigned, the once upon a time cut off your hands challenge. They knew that they were talking to Mike Walters, even though I was using a VPN and my username had been randomly generated. Granted, VPNs aren't the end-all be-all of privacy, but that is a discussion for later. They knew that it was me. That shouldn't have been possible for an average user with average access to information. I decided to follow up Hey with, what are you trying to say? The answer again was immediate. Why? 
Are they cutting you out? We are playing it safe, I shot back defensively. So they are, lol, another immediate response. What are you trying to say? I asked again. I'm already saying it, don't worry, they replied. Then why did you reply? I asked. Your turn, they said. I know what you sent Matt. Is that the sort of thing you're sending everybody? I typed out. That's the wrong your, they corrected me. I looked at my reply. I had used the wrong your, in, is that the sort of thing you're sending everybody? But I also hadn't sent the message yet. It was sitting in the reply field unsent. I spun around and checked the bedroom. I was alone and the door was locked. The curtains were fully drawn and I was far away from them. I checked under the bed, in the closet, even the smallest nooks and crannies where a person couldn't fit. There was no one in the room with me. When I made it back to the computer, there were more messages waiting for me. Too fast? Then, I'm tired of waiting. If you knew what you wanted, you would want to see what I sent Hunter, they wrote. It pertains to the investigation you're doing, with the Elder. I began to type a response, but Mustard Seed's replies were so fast and so numerous that by the time I had a thought typed out, they had already sent something that changed what I had wanted to ask. I watched their messages accumulate on the screen, letting them say what they were going to say. We can do a trade, they wrote. It's a win-win. It won't seem like it. I'll let you know. Don't delete this account. Bye, Mike. I then received a message informing me that I had been blocked by this user. Less than a minute later, the account had been deleted entirely, the post gone with it. This has been Wobegon. Next time, a win-win situation. Thanks for playing. couldn't bring myself to reply through the brain frog. <laughs> Ribbit. I'm the brain frog. I couldn't bring myself to reply through the brain frog. <laughs> <laughs> My chair is so loud.